Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> this is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! Good morning, Birds fans. We appreciate you getting up and streaming in with your boys, Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald, and John McMullen, who told me before the show, Jody Mac, you got to bring the energy today because <laughs> I work till way, 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 way too late in the morning. I said, Johnny Mac, could have been worse. Could have been 24-7 Viking, completely dominating the Philadelphia Eagles because that's exactly what the Eagles did to the Minnesota Vikings. A dominating win last night. Yeah, completely. And I disagree. They couldn't have dominated the Eagles. I mean, that wasn't even close. Um, yeah, that was an impressive performance, both sides of the football, to the point where, you know, you, you got to really look for things to complain about. The only thing I can come up with is the penalties, the illegal downfield stuff, the, the rub routes they still can't run. So you're nitpicking. Long term, it's about, all right, you know, is this a really good team? I don't know. It's a good team. Or or is Minnesota really bad? I don't know. They might be. <laughs> so, but, I mean, you can only play who's in front of you. Um, and the Eagles completely, completely dominated that game. I mean, the final score is not even indicative. That, that was – 
that was a complete, complete beatdown on both sides of the football. The first half was utter domination. Eagles did whatever they wanted on defense, and the Minnesota Vikings did nothing on offense. It was just lopsided in the uh, mano a mano, uh, head to head, individual matchup, team matchups. It wasn't really even close. Second half, yeah, when Noah Tungi, I missed that block on the uh, field goal, and the Vikings got the ball yeah. deep in their own end. You say, uh-oh, can they really make this a game? We've been kicking their rear end all around the field. Can they do that? No, they get a big stop interception, and the ball goes the other way. So, yeah, you talk about checking boxes. Last night, the Eagles checked basically every single box. You're right, except for the couple yeah. of need to work through the timing of those passing routes with the offensive yeah. linemen trying to get a head well, that start bothers me. That bothers me for one reason, Jody. It's year two. I mean, they had all kinds of problems with that last year. That's why that bothers me. But other than that, I mean, that, you know, Jalen Hurts we're going to get to was phenomenal. Um, but that that game from Darius Slay, that is that is one of the I'm, – I'm trying – that is one of the best games I've ever seen from a cornerback in the modern era where you're not allowed to do anything, you right. know, where it, it, things have shifted, everything's tilted towards the offense. I, I've never seen anything like it. I, I, he was, even the completions he gave up, he was an inch away from getting a pass break. He had five pass breakups to the point where I'm saying he had a chance at five interceptions against a guy who threw six interceptions last season in a full season it was unbelievable the way Darius Slay played uh against one of the best receivers mainly in football uh he didn't travel completely with them but most times when Justin Jefferson was outside Slay was on him um unbelievable performance from Darius Slay and part of that was give credit where credit is due. I know a whole bunch of people in town don't want to do any of this for this guy, Jonathan Gannon. Oh yeah, Mr. he's not the word. We know he's not. Yeah. Now wait, wait a minute, Johnny yeah. Mac, because you get on the yeah. Eagles' case for lack of innovation. We know at their well, core they are a zone defense. They went man a bunch last night. They brought guys off the edge, and you can't be sitting back on his own when you're bringing two extra blitzers. You better believe you're playing man-to-man. They showed you a little innovation on defense last night. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. That's how they play defense. The whole goal of this defense, and I don't know how many times I've said it, is to get in third and long, and then you can do what you want to do. If it's third and two, if oh, everything so you can't a, be innovative on third down, third down's a given. No, I'm saying it's part, it's baked into the defense. Like when you don't get third and long, yeah, you're not going to see the blitzes. You're not going to see the, 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 the attempts to get yeah, the they football. They brought blitzes on second down, Johnny, last night. Um, I mean, I have to rewatch the game, but my, my, my overriding point is. JG as a whole, I mean, people overreact, let's be honest, um, when you have a bad game on the road in Detroit in a difficult environment, they're going to overreact the other way and say he's changed things. He didn't change anything. No. This is a defense. This is this is a defense. You don't change. We talked about this yesterday on the show. You don't change things from week one and week two to the NFL. All this is baked into the defense. 
the defense, I mentioned it yesterday with using the Bears as a reference. It looks really aggressive when you dominate, uh, like when Khalil Mack and Nakeem Hicks were out there. It looks tremendously aggressive, but it's the same stinking defense. That's all I'm saying, Jody. And from the other perspective, you saw it as Eagles fans from a team that was really struggling and receivers are running open and blown coverages. And you saw that you saw those difficulties from a, from another team's perspective, running a very, very similar scheme. Um, That's all I'm saying. When the players play well, yeah. And Nick Sirianni says this all the time. Show me a good coach. I'll show you good players. You know, if Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, Fletcher was really good last night. Um, if they played like they played in Detroit, the Eagles wouldn't have looked good. They didn't play like they played in Detroit. They, they, I just meant Slay was, I, Slay played, always plays well, but he, he took it up another notch. Um, what I'm, what I'm trying to say, because we're going to get this. Well, I don't know if you're good. You'll probably get it on WIP. And I'm going to get it. Oh, Gannon changed. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. The Eagles played better. Well, I'm going to give him, yeah, I'm going to give him more credit than that. I'm going to say that he did a massive change, throw the whole defense out, create a new defense. Of course, I didn't do that between. That'd be one great if he could do that one. Right. It's, it's impossible. <laughs> he pushed the right buttons at the right time. And he well, did bring that's extra fair. guys. On, on a second down, I had a great blitz on second down. I got to the quarterback untouched on the second down. That was second and long, and it very much looked like a passing down, yeah. so he, he dialed it up correctly. Yeah. He guessed right. It wasn't a hard guess, but he did get guess right. Yeah, he brought more uh, standard operating procedure. Jonathan Gannon has now been the defensive coordinator for uh, 18, uh, 19 regular season games, one playoff. That's 20. He doesn't usually blitz as much as he did. Now, the score and the situation certainly is going to dictate it, but he was a little bit more aggressive. And I'm going to give him credit for uh, being willing to pull a plug on that because he could have just as easily as gone, let's sit back in our zone. We're up 17 points. Don't give up the big play. Keep everything in front of us. No, he went after Kirk Cousins a little bit and forced Cousins into a couple of mistakes. I thought of you last night because the Eagles had a couple of plays where they didn't get a sack. But they got very good pressure. They forced Cousin to get rid of the ball before he wanted to. That ended up in either incompletions and or interceptions. That's where your hurries, that's where your pressures actually do play pay off. I don't give people credit just for pressures if the quarterback completes an 18-yard pass. So what? You were close. You don't get anything for that. Oh, you, they did last night because a couple of times it absolutely uh, curved off uh, Viking drives and made Kirk Cousins look bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 they played well. You know, they, they get more aggressive on second and long and third and long. I mean, to me, this is all logical. Look, I used Jordan Davis. And nobody's complained about Jordan Davis. That, that's what I was looking at real quick. 21 snaps. Now, what happened yesterday is, I think it was 22 in the opener. 21 snaps yesterday. What happened yesterday is they got, they stopped, you know, there's no DeAndre Swift running for nine yards a carry, running for 50 yards. They stopped uh, the Vikings on first down. They couldn't run the ball at all. They overcorrected, which I assume they would. 
Um, they dominated in the run game. All of a sudden, you have second, third, and longs. You can do different things. Davis isn't on the field. Nobody's complaining. Yeah, I'm. And that's the difference between winning on first down, losing on first down. You saw it. The defense didn't change. That's all I'm trying to say, Jody. He didn't. He didn't come out with a new defense. That's all I'm trying to say. Eagles play better. He probably coached better. Um, they certainly had a good game plan for Kirk Cousins. I've never seen Kirk Cousins play that poorly, to be honest. Uh, 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 he was throwing the football up for grabs like it was Sam Darnold uh, in the in the fourth quarter. Never seen it. They deserve all the credit in the world. All I'm trying to say is these people that are going to say he changed the defense in a week, no. That's not how it works. No, he, he didn't. But I, I'm going to give him credit for a little nuance. That there are little alterations you can make in the body of a game. And I thought he did last night. And I'm going to give JG credit for that. But, uh, and you've already given a ton of credit, rightfully so, to Darius Slay, who was just unworldly last night, shutting down supposedly the best receiver in the National Football League. And then there's Jalen Hurts. Uh, Johnny, you and I do this show every single day. As a matter of fact, today would be the 365th time we've done it. I think you and I have been together for about 350 out of 365. Uh, you you got to get to uh, practices and, and go to games and stuff like that. Every once in a while, my alarm falters. Uh, but you and I have done about 300 out of the 365 together. And uh, uh, you've we've, we've talked about it here on the show. I talk about it on WIP. You've written columns about it. Oh, you can't improve your accuracy. You are what you are. You can't improve your arm strength. Jalen Hurts is what he is. He's never going to be good. I've heard this way too many times. And I've tried to fight it off. And sometimes it's successful. Sometimes it's not. You sure as hell can improve your accuracy. You work hard at it. You get the right kind of tutelage. You put in the hours. You get on the same page with your wide receivers. You can improve your accuracy. That's exactly what Jalen Hurts has done the first two games this season. He is a way more accurate passer than he was last year. So where are all those guys who said, oh, you can't. You are what you are. You get into the league. Your accuracy is your accuracy. Whoever gets better, despite the fact that Josh Allen did the same exact thing, whoever gets better in their accuracy when they get in the NFL, Jalen Hurts, because he was about as accurate as you could get last night, Johnny Mack. Yeah, I mean, look, Jalen was great. I, I mean, that's, you know, sort of an old trope among scouts is you're not going to get accurate at the NFL level, meaning not that you can't get more accurate, that if you're not accurate, you're not going to become, you know, one of the most accurate passers. Um, and everybody points to Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, Jalen's worked really hard. You, you can work on your mechanics. The Eagles have never had a problem with his arm strength. I constantly, they, they don't have a problem with it. Neither um, um no, nor should you. Um, now, he doesn't have the the Elway bar rifle, but, you know, who cares? You do. Um, uh, but from the accuracy standpoint, yeah, there's so many things that can come in on, into it. You know, Nick Sirianni, second straight week, said, you know, he's in total control of the offense. He looks like it. He looks like he knows what's going on. Yeah, better receivers, you know. I mean, those guys were open, Jody. 
I mean, that, 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 uh, the separation. Was Quez, was Quez open on that long pass? Oh, my Lord. I, I'm like, <laughs> here, here's the thing that bothers me about it. I think I could have completed that one. Yeah. That's, and, you know, I, I'm not trying to downgrade what Jalen did because he was phenomenal. But, yeah, when the receivers are that open, you should make those throws. It, that's the problem I have with this scheme. It's like you're trying to stop explosive plays with all this own coverage, and you just blow the coverage. I mean, what is the point? And and we see it all over the league. It's not just Minnesota. You saw it with the Eagles in week one. You saw it with Baltimore. You saw it with all these teams losing big leads. I mean, what is the point? If, if you're just letting guys run by you on the back end, so that's what I have a problem when when the Eagles struggle on defense. That's what I have a problem with, uh, blown coverages, things like that. As far as Jalen Hurts, look, <clears throat> this is who he has. I mean, A.J. Brown's always open. Devontae Smith is always open. Dallas Goddard's always open. These are big-time receivers, big-time receivers. And Minnesota couldn't deal with any of them, any of them. And and then you have Quez Watkins, and that's what Quez Watkins is going to be. He's not going to get a lot of volume, not going to get a lot of traffic, but if he can make impactful plays mm-hmm. with the with the targets he does get, that's going to make this offense even better. I mean, the guy threw for I think our buddy Shield Capadia said it. So he threw for three hundred. He rushed for over fifty. He completed over 80% of his passes. Um, Rushford, third time. Third time that's happened. Obviously, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen are the others. So it's a right. new era in the NFL. Um, different types of quarterbacks. It's not a necessarily has to be old school Peyton Manning, full field progression. That's not what the Eagles do. It's tough to stop. I've been saying it for a number of weeks now. It's tough to stop. The full field progression guy was the quarterback who threw three picks last night. Yeah. Not exactly. not the not the guy in Eagle Green. Uh and yeah, for those of you who were worried about uh Devontae Smith, oh, he's still gonna be a stud star wide receiver in this league just because he took a goose egg last night, did not write his career uh <laughs> story. Week one, he's... he did seven for seven last night. Seven yeah. for seven. I believe he was great. Jalen was great. The defense was great. Everything was great. And you know what else is great? Our first guest is going to join us. As I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, this is the 365th episode of Birds 365 for your Mac and Mac guys. Our very first episode, we had two guests on. Uh, the first, I don't remember who came up for. I think our next guest was our first guest. I think Joe was first, yeah. Yeah, I believe. and uh, our second guest was uh, Easy Ed Kratz, who was Mr. Game Day Kratz with us yesterday. We try and get Eddie up on the day that the Eagles play or the last game we're on the air during uh show that we're on the air during the week leading into a game. So we had Ed on yesterday on 364th show. Today on our 365th, we're going to bring back Joe Santa Laquito, who writes for Basically, I think every publication here in town, uh, certainly for us. Here in Jacob Sports, Sports, yeah. Got to throw well, that out first. He, he uh, touches base everywhere, and he touches base with us here on Birds 365 when we ask him to. So uh, on our 365th show, we're going to turn it back, 364, and bring back 
Joseph the Liquido, jacobsports.com. He was, and he wrote the game story for us last night it's on jacobsports.com right now. You can check it out if you want, or you can just stay tuned. Joe Sandler Liquido joins Mac and Mac on Birds 365 next. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Bird. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Jim McClone, Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Let me just take a quick second to thank a bunch of people um, before we uh, return to the domination it was the Eagles over the Vikings. <clears throat> Let me thank Johnny Mack for getting up despite writing till 3 o'clock in the morning. Let me thank Kevin O'Connell for winning the toss and deferring and giving the ball to the Eagles first rather than put his own offense out yeah. there. What a bunch dope. of dummies. Just a dope. And thanks to our, our next guest, who is with us on our first show, 364 shows ago, and he's back for number 365. 
Joe Sandler Liquido, who wrote the uh, game recap story for us here on JacobSports.com. So he's getting up early, too. Thanks, buddy. And you spent the weekend in Vegas. How are you even yeah. still breathing? I, I don't know, guys. I'm, I am I amaze myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's more amazing? San Liquido got up for us on what the Eagles did to the Vikings last night. Yeah. Both of them were pretty damn MVP, amazing. Jalen Hurts, uh, Darius Slay, or Joe Santa Liquida. Who are we going with? You know what? Jody Jody knows the backstory. I've probably been through more the last week. <laughs> and I'm lucky I have my two front teeth. <laughs> yes. You don't, you don't look half bad there, brother. Thanks for oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate sucking that. it up and getting it done with us the same way that the Eagles did last night. Real uh, legit question. Because Eagles dominated both offensively and defensively. They mm -hmm. the offense with the the block punt, a couple of reasons why. The, the only mistake Jalen made was trying to throw that screen into the middle of about 12 guys. That's, that was Kenny Gainwell. Come on. Yeah, that was Gainwell. And I'm not trying to make myself an NFL quarterback. I never throw that pass. Specifically, if I'm Jalen Hurts, I can run like him. And Gainwell should have caught it right. He's off his hands. But, yeah, I, I would have never thrown that pass. But we're we're nitpicking here. Um, but which was better last night? Joe Santa Liquido, Eagles offense or Eagles defense? I want to go. That's I want to tough. go Eagles defense. That's I want to tough. go Eagles defense. They shut down a a very good offensive team, uh, a team that pretty much did an excellent job in their uh, season opener against the Green Bay defense that was supposed to be pretty good. Uh, so I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go with defense. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a tough decision. I'll probably go defense, too. I'll go with you, Joe. I'll go 10 for the defense, 9 for the offense. Because the offense should have scored more points. That's the only thing. They should have. So there were a couple penalties, illegal downfield. Um, they can't run a rub route to save their lives. But, you know. Except, hold on, hold on. I, I know what you got. That was a god-awful penalty. And they certainly touched on it on the broadcast. I'm, I'm wondering if you guys are saying it. I, I, it, and again, I have to watch the broadcast. Now, from live, it looked like Devontae got his arm out. No. So, so no. Uh, the, 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 yeah, defender, the defender hit Devontae and then took a dive. What was yeah. a god-awful call? Terrible yeah. call on Devontae Smith. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Jody. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't yeah. I haven't seen the broadcast yet. So maybe it's wait, wait maybe till you go back and that see way. that one. Acting but, supreme by the Viking defender. And that's, you know, one of the things where, you know, the Eagles have a reputation for that now of going downfield, of, of of struggling with those rubber outs, and they pay more attention to it. So they got to clean that up. But yeah, we're nitpicking. Um defensively. Uh, Joe, Jonathan Gannon comes in. Uh, a lot of people unhappy. Um, shows up as you mentioned. You know the narrative all week. If Jared Goff and DeAndre Swift and and Amon Ross St. Brown do that, what are Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook going to do? The answer is nothing. What <laughs> changed? What changed on the defensive side of the football? Uh, a little bit more pressure by Gannon. Uh, I think they stuck with, and again, you were out in Detroit, John, so you would know better than I would with this. But they put they they they, they gave as the sense I got of last night. Obviously, they gave specific assignments. You see, you saw Slay on Jefferson throughout most of the game. I believe I had it. 
the five times Cousins targeted Jefferson with Slay on him. I believe Slay had three pass breakups, and then we know we know he had the two interceptions. So Slay, as far as I know, from the naked Joe eye, he shut him out, unless maybe there was a pass that Cousins hit, hit, hit Jefferson with while Slay was on him. But when Slay was on Justin Jefferson, he completely shut him out. And maybe this is a tactic. Maybe I mean, we, we used to see it with Deion Sanders. When Deion puts when they put Deion on someone one-on-one, that, that, that receiver, whether it be Jerry Rice, well, for the most part, Jerry Rice, but that, mm-hmm. that receiver, the opposing receiver, is always locked down. And, and we saw that last night with the way Slay played. He certainly earned his nickname, Big Play Slay, uh, because he was, I mean, he almost had three interceptions. Yeah. But he almost he had, he had a shot at four or five, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, but he dropped one. He should have had three. Um, yeah. I, I was saying before you came on, amazing performance by Darius Slay. In in the modern NFL, I've never seen a, a, a cornerback dominate a game more. I really haven't. I'm, I was trying to think about that last night. You know, the game's changed. You mentioned Dion. The game's changed. Yeah. I'm not talking about those guys. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about in the current environment where everything's tilted towards offense. They don't let mm-hmm. these guys uh, touch the receivers. Um, I've never seen a more dominant performance from a cornerback ever. Yeah, it's been a long, long while. I um, I can't think of, of, of any offhand myself, Not nothing in, in the recent past. Um, so you take out – uh, and, and the other thing, too, is with that one-on-one, you have the trust in Slay taking out Jefferson. You don't have to tilt the field one way or the other. Yeah. So yeah. suddenly the Vikings don't have that one side of the field. And then, obviously, we saw later on in the game, they start to go to uh, to uh, uh, Thielen. Thielen yeah. who, 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 I, I don't think they even targeted him. No, they didn't. Midway through the it third was a, quarter, it was like a the bad, third quarter. It, you know, I, 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 I said to Jody – so I'll, I'll quickly ask you as well. Look, the Eagles were great. We just said I gave them a 10 and a 9, maybe mm-hmm. a 9.5 on offense. Are are they really, really good? Or was that just a horrific game plan from a rookie head coach on the other side? That's a great question, John. Um, I'm going to go with – I was going to say land in the middle, but that's the safe answer. I actually think the Eagles are really, really good. I really think mm-hmm. they're that good. I mean, we saw a situation where the Eagles were presented with a soft shell zone, which it was confounding throughout the whole game. And it's not that's what I'm saying. Who's a yeah. Super Bowl, I believe he's a Super Bowl defensive coordinator. I mean, yeah, this guy has yeah. had credentials coming in. And he was playing – I'm going to go here with this. He was playing the kind of defense that we saw from Jonathan Gatton. Yeah, right exactly. You know, well, they play just, the same scheme. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I I couldn't even see the safety sometimes. Yeah. I mean, were they in the parking lot? I, <laughs> and and Hurts, to his credit, they were almost daring him. Go ahead and pick us apart. Go ahead yeah. and pick us apart. And he constantly picked them apart. Uh, eight different receivers. Uh, 26 of 31. 26 yeah. of 31 last yeah. night, right? Uh, from what I've gathered... And from what I saw, uh, I think that's the best performance I've ever seen Hurts. Uh, oh, that was his best game, probably. easily. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it, it, it was it was Oklahoma-esque. That Jalen Hurts was Oklahoma-esque. And, again, credit to him, credit to the offense, credit to Sirianni. I mean, they saw something there. And and it was just – it was it, it was meat on the bone. And they, they kept on going after it. And the thing that was confusing is that – 
they didn't change. They didn't no, make any adjustments. Did not, did not. They didn't move up. They didn't do a damn thing. No. And it's almost like what's the saying in the NBA where you have uh, uh, you know a, a gimme game? Well, that game was kind of like a scheduled loss, even though I knew every game in the NFL is precious. But I couldn't help but feel like the, the I'm not going to say the Vikings exactly mailed it in, but it was like one of those things where eh, we we let's see what we can do with what we have here. Eh, if we get out with a loss, it's no big deal. I, I, I just, like I said, I just, I just got a sense. I, I don't know why I had yeah, that it was inter- It's interesting you bring that up, Joe, because, you know, I was dealing with the Eagles, but reading the transcripts after the game from the Vikings, uh, the players and, and Kevin O'Connell, it was like you described. It was like, eh, you know, they just got waxed and it was like, eh. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. I, I, I was a little bit surprised uh, that there wasn't a little bit, more, you know, anger at their own performance. They were like, ah, no big, you know. This one yeah, let, me, let me let me add this to both you guys' thoughts, and I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Kyle Brand from Good Morning Football yeah. tweeted before the game. Yeah, Jefferson. The if Jefferson. the Vikings win, make sure you tune into uh, Jefferson's post game. Yeah, I was press thinking conference. about going down there if the Vikings won. I didn't have to worry about that. That was that was over by the second quarter. Yeah, I, I, I found that did he, interesting. Did he, John? Do you know you saw the you said you saw the quote you didn't get into the locker room? Yeah, did nothing. he even show? Oh yeah, he spoke. Oh, and he, he spoke. He spoke very highly of 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 Darius Slay. Darius Slay, well, he should. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, but, but but John, did he say something like "I'm great, but he's great too"? <laughs> no, oh, I'm sorry, no, he's great, but was, I'm great too. And, no? and by the way, Slay, if you listen to Slay, Slay was like, "That's the second best receiver in football." He thinks Devontae Adams is number one. Okay. Uh, it was a big deal for Darius Slay. And, you mm-hmm. know, I think he was, at, I don't think, I know he was amped up for that challenge, yeah. as you can tell. Mm-hmm. He has a tremendous amount of respect for for Justin Jefferson. And that's why he was, you know, so excited. And he said it after the game. And Jefferson said the same thing. They have tremendous respect for each other. It's evident. But, um, yeah, I, I did see that, Jody, and I was wondering what the heck that was about. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't. Whatever it was, it got canceled by Darius yeah. Slay, so it didn't happen. Joe, when you went to the uh, NBA analogy, here's where I thought you were going. In the NBA, everybody makes a run. Everybody gets mm-hmm. a 20-point lead, and then, then the other team makes a mm-hmm. run to get it competitive again, and then the better team ends up winning. That's why I thought you were going with the Vikings last night. They never made a run. No. The only thing they did was block a uh, field goal, and they couldn't turn that into any points because Aaron Sipos ran down a faster guy from behind and pulled him. Where was the yeah. Viking run last night, Joe? I I I don't know. Uh, and and it's interesting you say that because you're expecting it. You're expecting it. They have explosive weapons. They are a. Uh, they're they're still a dangerous team. Uh, despite their, the, you know, the, they, I mean, they, they laid a colossal egg last night on on both sides of the ball. But I think the thing I was referring to, I think uh, Doc Rivers this past NBA season with the Sixers was saying, you know, it's kind of like, again, one of those gimme games where, again, you're dealing with an 82-game schedule. It's one of those games where... Um, we got half a Joe. What happened there, Tone? Well, hang on here. I'm, I'm here. Lean, lean I'm there, there, there you go. We got you. There, there you go. Um, but I, I just couldn't help but sense again, uh, repeating myself from a few minutes ago, that uh, the Vikings came in here. Well, we could kind of put out a, a B or C effort type of thing, and let's see what we can get away with. I think 
they underestimated the Eagles a little bit. I think they may have overrated themselves. You know, what's the saying? Uh, smelling themselves, right? Yeah. After the uh, yeah. after the uh, the Green well, Bay victory. Yeah. And yeah, um, I think we uh, – but I also think we found out some things where um, I was kind of middle of the road with Jalen Hurts. But now I'm starting to think, you know, franchise good, quarterback good here. Player, man. He's become – he's, he's now um, – He's he's emerged. He's really emerged. He's really matured. Uh, I love his patience. Uh, we spoke uh, was I think a month ago about trusting himself, trusting himself to get those balls in tight windows, and he did. I mean, some of his best throws were incompletions. I mean, the one pass I think the, the Goddard, the Goddard, his just, first yeah. that was his first incompletion. After that might have been his yeah. best throw yeah. of the game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Squeezing it between between two defenders there, yeah. so. And that 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 says a lot, and that says his growth, and that also says again, it's I think it speaks of his trust. But more, more the, the most important thing is this trust in himself to get that ball in those tight windows. And right now, I, I mean, obviously with with the way he's playing right now, the sky's the limit. It's two games in. He keeps on going this route, though. There could be some bigger things ahead for Jalen Hurts, and if there's some bigger things for Jalen Hurts out there, there's certainly some bigger things for the Eagles. Yeah, um, about the run, there was a play. Irv Smith dropped a pass. I think it was going to be a 63-yard touchdown. Um, yeah. I don't know how it looked on 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 television. It looked like it was a clean drop. I don't think yeah, it was. And it was yeah, yeah, John. It terrible, was it was a terrible it, drop. It, I thought that was the run, but once he dropped, they dropped like five passes, just an awful performance. But getting to Jalen Hurts, here's the next step to me. Detroit was blitz, blitz, blitz. Minnesota was zone, zone, zone. When does Todd Bowles come? When does a smart defensive coordinator mix it up? And I don't know when that's coming, but it's coming mm-hmm. at some point. I think there were two really weird game plans to deal with Jalen Hurts, uh, just extremes. I talked about this with Seth last night, just complete extremes. Detroit was all blitz. Minnesota was all zone. When does Todd Bowles show up with a good game plan? And then how does uh, Jalen Hurts handle it? Um, that to me is the last step. This is a good football player. Yeah. Uh, and and we who knows what we could see this coming week from Rivera in Washington. He he does. He supposedly has a good defensive mind, even though, again, he has not exactly uh, been a winning head coach in recent years. Um, we know Washington has a great defensive front. Uh, maybe we see that challenge this week because it is. I mean, it's Tuesday and, and everybody's still basking in the glow of last night, but it is short week. Wentz week. It is. Yeah. It is Wentz week. <laughs> Yeah, how about that? You got Wentz week, follow you got Rager week, Wentz week, Peterson week. Bang, bang, bang. We'll see if they can add two more. Another guy I want to give some props to last night. He he showed up on the stat sheet, but not that much, but I thought he played really well. Was Gardner Johnson. Again, uh late add to the team, not that much time to jump in and learn the entire scheme. Last time with the Eagles because they practiced less than everybody else. Uh, but he made not, a couple of plays. Not the Vikings, Jody. Not the Vikings. They don't practice either. It's the Rams mentality. It's really the Rams mentality. How, how many points were scored in the second half last night? Zero. 
Okay, then from both teams, we'll, from both we'll, teams, we'll group the under practicing Eagles and Vikings together. Well, the only reason way. I say that, real quick, Jody, the only reason I say that is the Eagles came out with tempo after Kevin O'Connell deferred, and Nick was talking about that. And a couple guys, I asked a couple guys about that, and they thought they would be in better shape than Minnesota. So, <laughs> and they were, by the way, and they were. So that's the only reason I bring that up. Which is is fair. Um, if, if the Vikings also subscribe to the less is more, I think that was pretty evident last night in the overall performance of the game. But Gardner Johnson made a couple of plays last night. He is a really good athletic, fast safety. Um, I know John worried last week that he might be a little undersized, and that might might be why the Eagles struggled against the run again against the Lions in Week Number One. Uh, he and Kaiser White being undersized had no effect last night because the Vikings couldn't run the ball worth a damn. And I thought uh, Gardner Johnson had a, a hand in on that. He is he, he's a talented athlete, and I'm not sure how well he has fit into this system or knows every nuance of this system, but he made some plays last night. So, you know, Football 101, uh, what did Gannon say when they acquired him? I mean, again – getting up to speed with the system. But here's a guy with great football town, great football instincts uh, coming up, uh, not afraid to put his head in. And um, I believe there's a couple of occasions where he made some nice open field tackles, but he, um, he certainly is an upgrade from what they, what they have, what they've had in the past. And I, I am sure as again, he gets more acclimated with the Eagles system and what Gannon likes to do. And who knows where they could put him and how they can use him uh, there's certainly an aggressiveness there, and and again, maybe he could be used the way the way Malcolm Jenkins was used. Um, and there's 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 a, there's a good possibility uh, that they. Probably I'm not could. ready to go there yet. That's why I'm going to go with Johnny Mac. I don't know he's big enough to be used as the way Malcolm was used. Yeah, Malcolm was uh, he was a different player, man. He was you know, Jim Swart uh, would say he you know. He played every different position on, on the seven. back end. Yeah, all seven. <laughs> seven different spots. <laughs> and he could hold up. And yeah, he was he was an amazing player. So I don't want to put that uh, uh, that kind of threshold on 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 CJ Gardner Johnson, but he did play better, and you know that's what you expect as he gets more comfortable, and that should continue. Um, anything I missed? The only thing I can nitpick about that's the fun part. Let's talk. Let's talk about nitpicks, Joe. Um, the illegal downfield stuff I think is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, couple holding penalties, couple false starts. Um, you know the Eagles probably should have scored forty plus to be honest. Um, yeah. So that kind of little stuff will set you back against a better team. Any other nitpicks besides that you didn't like? Special teams, maybe those those nitpicks. kickoffs. The Vikings use those mortar kicks. I, I love Watkins that. is not a good kickoff returner. He's just not. Yeah. He made a great yeah. play on up, but he's just not a good kickoff returner. I, 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 if I were the Eagles, I would borrow a page from what the Vikings did, that short kick, and you're working off of a longer field. I mean, the, the Eagles started, I believe, their first two drives around, what, the 15 or 16? Yeah, they had bad field position all night, but they just went right down the field. It didn't matter. But they had bad field position all night. You know, that's that's one, I think, the only shining moment for the Vikings, um, nitpicking. Um, okay, I'll nitpick with one thing. Um, I believe what set up the Vikings' lone touchdown, where you saw – this is – okay. 
where you saw Hassan Reddick in coverage with their tight end. Yeah. Now, and again, I believe that might have been a third down play where, um, is it Mund? I think Mund caught the Johnny ball. Johnny Mund, yeah. Johnny yeah. Mund. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, what's Riddick doing out there? I mean, the Eagles did not get this guy to be out in coverage. That's, um, again, nitpicking? Okay, I'm nitpicking at that. But uh, and, and, and that's something that are in time that, that hopefully they'll see and they'll clean up. And, and, and we'll see again how – how differently they may use Hassan Riddick going forward because uh, uh, he's he, he was brought in here to be a pass rusher. He was brought in here to be, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to bend that edge and create pressure on the quarterback. I don't think he was here uh, to be out in coverage against the tight end. And, uh, and the Eagles, consequently, in that one circumstance, got burned by it. That's true. And because uh, the kid made the catch, everybody's going to point that and go, how the hell do they have him in coverage? Yeah, he, was, he was trying to do. He was trying to be a little innovative. He was probably playing a Johnny Mac. Get your get your pass rushing linebacker out there and cover. Show that. Gotta throw a curveball every now and again. Exactly. You know, that's you what that you was. Confuse uh, the quarterback. Here's my nitpick, and feel free to tell me. Shut up, Jody. Um, <laughs> the fact that Noah Tungiai is now dressed for two straight games. I don't know about you guys. I was pretty damn impressed by Calcaterra in the one preseason game he played. He didn't play. He was hurt. He couldn't get on the field. But then when he finally got on the field, he made a couple of nice catches. And I thought for sure, all right, well, it looks like they could dress three tight ends. Oh, they've dressed three tight ends two games in a row, but he hasn't dressed for either one of them. And Tungiai was the guy who missed the block. Yeah, uh, he's he out there to block, and he missed the block. Yikes. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> potential change. Now, will we will we see the debut of Greg Calcaterra next week? I I don't. Uh, you know, they only have three elevations on players. So, you know, when Britton Covey's out, they're going to put him on the 53 unless something drastic happens. But uh, so Tungiai, you know, at some point, they're going to have to stop. So he's going to get on the field, but yeah, they don't think Grant's ready to play from a blocking standpoint. And, and that's one of those things with the roster. They thought they might lose him on waivers. So they kept him, and that's what you can do now because they've liberalized the rules. So they knew they can get tongue eye or they thought it was more likely they would get tongue eye through waivers, but they want him to play because he's farther along. So, it's just one of those things, and he'll get his opportunity. That's a nitpick, but that's a good one, Jody. That's, I like it. You asked for a nitpick. I gave you a nitpick. All right, uh, Joe, last thing. I know we got uh, to let you run. Uh, you mentioned it's the return of Carson Wentz next week. But yeah. Look, looking at just the over – Great numbers so far, by the way. Great numbers for Carson. Yeah, well, what else would do? He had the great numbers up until the last two games last year with uh, Indianapolis. How'd that finish up? Um, overall, Eagle schedule. Who's the first team that pops up that you go, okay, they'll be an underdog in that game? Jeez. Cardinals in Arizona? I know they, they were down, what, 20 to nothing against the, yeah, the Raiders this week came, before coming back? That was another one of those comeback games. Um, Could they be favored in, like, their first – Seven, eight, all the way to Green Bay before they're an underdog. Well, I think the Cardinals will still be favored, but that's me. I think they'll be a slight favorite. I'm not sold on the Cardinals. I, 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 just, I, 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 
but yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. They're going, they're going away. They're playing in Arizona. Yeah, I, I, so it's, 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 it's at Washington, Jacksonville here, then at Arizona. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. And then or Dallas that, here when we don't know whether Dak will or won't be playing. So I would say the Eagles are plus on all that. Well, obviously they'd be slight, slight underdogs in Arizona. Um, Maybe. Yeah. I, when you look at the schedule on Green Bay's, what's eight, eight games in? Yeah. Yeah. Detroit, I, Minnesota, at Washington, at Washington, home Arizona, at uh, Arizona. Excuse me. I can't read this damn thing. At Washington next week. Jacksonville home the week after. At Arizona, we all say that's a maybe. Home Dallas favorite. Home Pittsburgh favorite. At Houston favorite. Home Washington favorite. At the Colts, who, oh, by the way, have looked pitiful their first two That depends on how they play. That depends how they play between now and November 20th. The Colts could be favored in that game. But the Eagles... If they continue to play like that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great – I mean, that's a great template last night. And, again, the thing that I liked is, is how they adjusted. You know, again, the, the the Lions coming at them. Okay, they pop in 38 points. Uh, Minnesota's playing back. They scored 24 and probably – and just, you know, I'm, I'm on the same page as all you guys uh, where they should have scored more. Eight penalties, I think it was eight penalties for 70 yeah. yards. Six of the yeah. eight on the offensive line, three of the six – getting downfield um and and these are things that are correctable so um well they haven't corrected that downfield stuff in over a year so (laughs) i'm starting to think that's not correctable for this team but you know maybe that's just part of doing business with jalen hurts as your quarterback because you know he's going to do some wacky stuff and guys are going to go downfield they they can't see what the quarterback is doing a lot of the right but you you made this point earlier john you're dead on right it's a year and change now. It yeah. isn't like they're this is their second game blocking for Jalen Hurts. They blocked yeah. for Jalen Hurts all last year, so they should be used to his tendency by by now. Yeah, a blip on the radar screen and a little bit of a nitpick by us guys, but that's what we're here to do. And we appreciate when Joe Sandlin Quito hops in and Thank nitpicks you. with us. Uh, Thank you, guys. Joe, good stuff. Appreciate Thank whenever you, you do come on. Okay. Thank you, my friend. We will get Thank you back guys. again soon enough. Okay. Joe Santa Liquido, JacobSports.com, Bleeding Green Nation, uh, PhillyGoyce.com. Yeah, he shows up everywhere. And Ring, and Ring Magazine. <laughs> Ring Magazine, yeah. Left, the big left fights. the boxing out. Can't do that. Yeah. He was. A, oh, shoot. I wanted to ask him about the fight, which I didn't watch this week because I was on the air. I heard that it was. Bring him back up. He's still there, Tom. Bring Is him he back still there? Up. Bring him back up. Bring Santa Liquido back up one more time. I'm here. All right. I'm no, here. it's Birds 365, but I got to hear it from you. The fight you covered in Vegas this week. I mm-hmm. heard Snorfest wasn't all oh that entertaining. God. Certainly right decision, which hasn't always been the yeah. case when Alvarez mm-hmm. and uh, the Triple G have fought. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a great fight? No, not not great at all. Uh, Triple G Triple G didn't begin fighting until the ninth round. And then after that, claimed it was a strategy, strategy to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Well, you're getting your butt kicked. You're getting all busted up. You're 40 years old. What the hell were you waiting for? Now, I... Uh, that's why I love Joe. Something happened. Nah, we lost him. But he got uh, it in. Uh, he confirmed what I heard from another good uh, fighting buddy uh, fan that I have. 
that he paid for the pay-per-view. That's sort of like uh, the Vikings last week. What are you waiting for uh, last night? What are you waiting for? <laughs> what are you waiting for? Uh, that was my question for Minnesota. Similar yeah. to the Eagles maybe in the opener as well. What are you waiting for? Uh, A little shift of uh, sense of urgency. But, hey, Eagles are a good football team, Jody. Good football team. Question they, is how good. They sure as hell look good last night. All right, come back. We'll talk more about this dominating win over the Vikings in hour number two. Chris Franklin from NJ.com. Well, up aboard, you got John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Mac and Mac, Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. John McMullen and Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. Appreciate you jumping on in on our 365th show. Uh, there's really, I could turn my camera around and show you. I have calendars all over the place because 
I do most of my work from home these days. So I need to know exactly where I'm going to be, when I'm going to be there. I write it down on a calendar and I just every day add a little number to uh, whatever day it is. So Johnny Mac and I have been doing this show. One of the two of us has been on uh, 365 days, a year and a half we've been doing it. And this is our 365th day. So that's pretty cool for birds 365 that have done 365 shows. And it definitely is cool that it comes after not only a night in which the Eagles got a win, but a dominating win. Uh, Johnny, you and I both picked the Eagles last night. Where's that Kratz guy? Picked the Vikings. Yeah. And I, a lot of people up. picked the Vikings. Mo- I would say most of the writers, most of the beat guys were picking the Vikings. Really? The yeah. majority? Yeah. A lot of people, wow. you know, overreact to week one. They overreacted to the Eagles defense. They o- overreacted to the Vikings uh, performance. Um. Yeah, week one is crazy in the NFL. And I, I thought, you know, Lincoln Financial Field was going to be a big part of it. It was, um, you know, rookie head coach on the road for the first time. That's a big deal. Uh, he, I don't think Kevin O'Connell handled it well. Um, yeah, I mean, I always thought the Eagles were going to win the game, but I, I thought it was going to be much more difficult. I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be that easy. Um, Agreed. Um, I actually had the Eagles scoring 24 points, so I got that aspect. So of did it. I. But, 24. Yeah, right on the button. And they should have scored 38, but they scored 24. Exactly. Um, but I didn't think the Vikings would be held to seven, which they were. So uh, a tremendously impressive win for the – and, oh, by the way, and this is something you wouldn't know, Bradley Cooper, I, I think about a shower, big big guy. Did you see uh, you got TVs up there in the press box? They uh, gave James Harden a couple of looks before he ever got the ball handed to him. And Bradley Cooper as well on the broadcast looked like he hadn't showered in a couple of days. That's not a not a good look for a Hollywood heartthrob. Didn't uh, glad he's an Eagle fan. He had an Iverson T-shirt on and it was very cool. He was showing his Philly colors, but showering up might have been a good idea. Yeah, um, Slay found Harden though. Slay likes James Harden. Big fan. Big fan. That was that was uh, pretty cool. Uh about Darius Slay. And he talks a good game both before and after the game and then goes out and plays like it as well. And uh the fact that he could have had upwards of four interceptions last night. I had two. Could have had as many as four. Um and he was in man to man coverage. Uh, more than usual last night, Johnny Mac. The Eagles use more man-to-man coverage than they usually do. They're usually in zone 85, 90% of the time. I think the numbers were a little bit different. I haven't seen them yet. But um, just the fact that Gannon had faith in Slay going mano a mano against uh, Justin Jefferson, the fact that he yeah, knew they I... needed to have a little bit more pressure, so he was willing to blitz a little bit more. What do you think? motivated Jonathan Gannon to be a little bit more aggressive last night. I think um, they were really concerned with Jefferson, uh, who's a really good player, obviously. Um, And they didn't think any of their other corners were going to be able to handle him. Um, And they wanted, like, like I said, it wasn't Slay didn't travel with them, no matter where he went. Uh, When the Vikings lined him up in the slot, uh, he generally wasn't on him. A couple times they put him in the backfield. He wasn't on him. Uh, but when he was outside, for the most part, it was Slay. 
Um, and I think, you know, that was the game plan and they wanted to limit him as much as possible. Even I don't think they expected it would be that good. Um, and, and Slay, as I mentioned, just had a tremendous game. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Gannon always talks about game planning for specific opponents and change, things change from week to week. This is a perfect example of it. I mean, you know, I don't expect him to do that with even a receiver like Terry McLaurin uh, next week is very good, but he's not that. Um, I don't expect him to to do that moving forward with the best receiver um, that they face. I think they were really concerned with this one particular player and they, they came up with something unique and it worked. So you got to give them, I know Eagles fans don't like to give JG credit, but you got to give him credit. Uh, that was, that was a heck of a defensive performance. The defensive coordinator in that way should be treated like a player. When he plays well, you got to give him the props. Even if you have overall questions about him and are judging big picture types in the moment, you got to go hell of a job last night by Jonathan Gannon because he did push the right buttons. Another guy I want to give some out of guys to is Miles Sanders. Miles Miles was playing well, man. He was the missing link in preseason this year. He didn't play. He was hurt. He skipped. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Practices. We all had no idea when the season started if Miles Sanders was going to be able to hit the ground running. Oh, he's done just that two weeks in a row now, Johnny Mac. The Eagles are never going to be uh, uh, handed to one guy 25 times because Boston Scott got a couple carries last night. Kenny Gainwell gets into the lineup, get the ball out of the backfield. They even handed it to him a couple of times. So Miles isn't going to get his 28-carry game, but he gets his somewhere between 15 and 20 and he's above five yards per carry, he's doing a heck of a job. Now the offensive line always does because they're just that good at run blocking, but Miles seems to be running with even more purpose than he has previously. Yeah, I mean, he's having he's playing well. It is a contract year. He's got a chip on his yeah. shoulder, so that plays into it. Um, 17 per 80, you know, I was a little disappointed that was my prop at Eagles over 200 rushing. They only got to 163. They only got to 163, Joe. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, he's a good player. I, I always say there was that sort of overreaction to Miles' rookie season, and people went crazy, and then they went the other way, sort of the pendulum effect and said, he stinks, he's a bad player. No, he's a good player. And he's by far the Eagles' best running back. And when he's out there, uh, they're a better team. And he's playing very well. He's part of this uh, offense as well. And that's why it's so difficult. Miles can run it. Jalen, you know, can run it. People are freaked out by Jalen Hurts' ability with his legs. Then you have Devontae and Dallas and A.J. getting open constantly. Um, 
man, it's a lot of talent. And we we got to give the GM credit. Um, oh, yeah. Um, this is a good roster. This is a really good roster. Now we put together a, uh, a top flight roster. And I did check the power ratings this morning. ESPN was the only one I got to. Uh, I ran out of time prepping for the show today, making too many notes on last night's game to be able to jump around and check out the entire league. But I did see ESPN. Eagles up to number eight. They were number nine last week, which I, I was actually surprised they were as high as number nine last week because I'm surprised less- they were as low as eight this week. Yeah. I, I thought they might move up even a tick or two more. Yeah. They've still got two teams that are still ahead of them in the power rankings as of right now. And this, again, ESPN. Different places do it differently. ESPNs, if you just sit down and analyze it, certainly give more credence to what you did last year. Uh, they started with the teams that were all deeply advancing in the playoffs last year. The Rams, who are one and one, and oh, by the way, got crushed in their loss. Now they got crushed by Buffalo, who is the number one team, yeah. and they should be. Um, and uh, the Packers, who got beat by the Vikings mm. badly week one. Eagles just beat the Vikings badly last night. Eagles are uh, eight, and the Packers are seven. So they're fourth in the NFC behind the Rams, the Bucks, and the Packers. They're just defaulting. Look, I do it as well. They're defaulting to teams that are more proven. Um, the Bucks, the Rams, the Packers. But the Eagles have looked better than all three of those teams. Now, Except you know, the I Bucks, would, I will the say Bucks this. keep winning. I, I, I apologize for interrupting, John. The Bucks defense, if you're just looking at each team's individual side of the ball, Eagles yeah. offense, Eagles defense, uh, Packers offense, the most impressive side of the ball for any of the teams in the Probably, NFC this yeah. year All has right. been the Bucks defense. That. Yeah, I can Scary. That. They just and took that's... the Saints apart on Sunday. And, I watched and, a lot and, of that game. You know, if the Eagles ever get the Bucks, get to the Bucks, um, that was, you know, that was the guy who shut them down and came up with a good game plan that for some reason people are not following. Usually in this league, somebody figures something out and people just like we talk about with the Eagle scheme and the Viking scheme, they copy. Why is nobody copying, copying Todd Bowles as game plan uh, for, to deal with Jalen Hurts? Johnny Mac, yeah, don't tell everybody to check yeah. that, check that game tape last year from bucks against the Eagles. If you want now, to play the Eagles defensively. Yeah. Now maybe people think, well, we don't have the players to uh, implement that. I guess that could be the case. Um, but I'm surprised somebody hasn't tried. And ultimately, I think somebody's going to try. I can't tell you who that's going to be. Maybe it's uh, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio this week. I don't know. But, um, you know, in theory, Washington, you know, the Giants and Cowboys <clears throat> would know this team a little bit better, the Eagles, um, just from playing them every year. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been surprised how teams have played uh, the Eagles offense defensively so far. Uh, Johnny Mack, I got to ask you about this one because yesterday you gave me some great stats about Kirk Cousins and the numbers that he's put up. Yeah, in that, his career that worked out well, huh? From Washington into Minnesota. Uh, I I saw it somewhere on something. Maybe it was Bleeding Green Nation. I forget what side I got it from this morning. Kirk Cousins' record as a starter against teams that finished the season 
with a winning record. His record is 10 and 43. Yeah. You'll remember last year, you and I dealt with this when the Eagles were getting hot in the second half, made their run, got above 500, made the playoffs, then got their tails kicked by the Bucs. Oh, they just beat a bunch of bad teams with bad quarterbacks. Yeah. That that was deceiving, but the Eagles really weren't that good a team. They just beat up on lesser lights. And oh, by the way, that's how you make the playoffs. You you, you beat the snot out of the bad teams, the teams that you have a better talented roster than. And they did. And you know, Kirk Cousins done a lot of that in his career. When yeah. he gets up against well, good it, teams. It, and in a lot of ways, it's common sense. You beat the teams you're supposed to beat if you're if you're a somewhat good quarterback. Um, and then I'm not a big, I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't think quarterback win loss is a stat. It is a stat, but I don't think it's a good stat because I think there's so many other ways you can win a football game, lose a football game, but that's, you know, when you've been playing as long as Kirk cousins, that's a large sample size. That guy does not show up in, in big situations. And, Monday nights, now he's 2-10 and 10 on Monday nights on uh, national television. I mean, there's there's something to that. There's got to be something to that. Um, but, you know, that's a problem for another city. Jalen Hurts is, um, and I asked Nick Sirianni this um, last night. We all know he's calm and collected. But, man, I you know. He's still a young quarterback and he looks he looks better prepared for that type of moment than a guy who's been playing forever and played all this football. It's pretty amazing to me. I asked, you know, Nick's been around constantly talks about Philip Rivers. And, yeah, the Rivers. Um I mean, Jalen is 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 young and and he never gets blustered. That's the most amazing part of it because you just saw a veteran quarterback get flustered beyond belief throwing the football just up for grabs um that's the most impressive part to me about Jalen Hurts it really is I had a uh, debate with a fellow uh, Jet fan a couple of years ago when Kirk Cousins was a free agent the Jets had salary cap flexibility to make a play for Cousins if they wanted and I said at the time no thank you I, I, what what I want to go eight and eight with Kirk Cousins? I'll pass. Now the Jets haven't solved their quarterback problem yeah. since. You got if yeah. you go in another direction, you gotta get it gotta get it right, and they haven't. But I stand by. I stood by it then. I stood by it uh, in the middle. I stand by it now. No, I don't need Kirk Cousins. I, I can go eight and eight. Sometimes it's better to go three and thirteen yeah. and take another I shot know, at the quarterback. You know, it's weird because when the Vikings were good, the last time the Vikings were were really good, Case Keenum was the quarterback before Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, and you know they they were able to build up the great roster. That's where the Eagles are. That's why, you know, again we've talked about that the contract is coming. It's coming and it's getting bigger and bigger. And the more the the better Jalen plays, it's getting bigger and bigger. And and all of a sudden you're in a different mode. You have to shift. You have to. There's no more. You know, even though fans probably don't care about this right now. I said Fletcher Cox played really well last night. Well, if you're giving Jalen Hurts forty million dollars, you can't play pay fourteen million for a one year defensive tackle. You know, so things kind of shift 
from that perspective, you have to lean more on younger players, draft picks. And sometimes it's why quarterback win loss is not a stat. Sometimes it's harder. Russell Wilson, probably the better example um, in, in Seattle early in his career. Great quarterback. They were able to win, go to another Super Bowl. Um, and then they had to pay him. And that was that, Jody. Changes, changes the dynamic. You are yeah. dead on right, Johnny Mac. Uh, and I tweeted this last night, and then I got a specific response from somebody. Uh, when Jalen had the first half that he did, I said, I thought there was no one that could touch Tua Tungabaloa for player of the week in the NFL. Alabama versus Alabama. Who was but the then Jalen put up the first half. I did. I said it might be a dogfight here in the second. As to who's the uh, offensive player of the week? Oh, by the way, that Josh Allen guy, pretty good too. Um, but someone responded to me and said, "No, it's if there's anyone's going to challenge, it's Lamar Jackson." Lamar Jackson had no shot. Lamar Jackson had a really nice game. Yeah, seventy-nine yard touchdown. I mean, they don't run. give it to teams that lose. They went mano a mano. Yeah, Tua beat him. Face to face, man to man. So did Jackson had no shot. But Lamar I'm Jackson, sure they've given it to a player. I don't pay that much attention, but very rarely do they give player of the week to a, a a player that's on a losing team. Very, very rarely. Uh, yeah. I, I I and I think that's the way it should be done. I think you need to win the game. Kind of like the fact that I give more credence to a quarterback's one loss record. Yeah, you want to be a great quarterback, your team's got to win games. Uh, and Kirk Cousins goes eight and eight. Or now that they play 17 games, eight, nine, or nine and eight. They went eight and nine last year. They'll probably go nine and eight this year. Yeah, Kirk they're Cousins. one and one. Pretty much sums it up. That's you know, Kirk sometimes Cousins. they play he good. Is, sometimes they play poorly. He is know. the definition of an average quarterback. But uh, the reason I brought up what I tweeted last night was Eagle fans might want to start to pay closer attention to the Lamar Jackson negotiations. Yeah, because Jalen Hurts is looking more and more like Lamar Jackson every single week. We know he can flat out run. Lamar is a little bit quicker, but certainly Jalen is strong. How about that touchdown run last night where he ran through tackles? Both of those touchdown extension. runs, the small, the, the short one as well was a tremendous run um, and just dragging people into the end zone. Yeah, he's he's. He's tough to deal with, man. <laughs> and you, he is you, just tough to deal with from a defensive perspective. And as I said, three three hundred plus yards, fifty plus rushing yards, eighty percent completion percentage. Third time in NFL history that's happened. One one is Lamar Jackson, who you bring up. The other's Josh Allen. New era, new era yeah. with these mobility base quarterbacks and you cringe when Jalen does it because you know there's a chance for an injury but guess what he hasn't gotten hurt either of the first two games he's that tough that he can play through hits like that and he did last night um but Lamar's contract situation don't kid yourself it's going to have a direct correlation on the Eagles and if they decide Jalen Hurts is the guy and if they're not leaning that way and they showed Howie Roseman a couple times on the broadcast. So I know he was there. I know he was watching. He was nodding his head as the Eagles were making big uh, plays. That, I, that, I, got, I got one other nitpick. It was late in the game, and I got to look it up. And the game was over. I mean, the Eagles were in 
and they they did a design run for Jalen Hurts. Now I think that's dumb. I think, and I'm I'm you know me, Jody. I've said this a hundred million times, and I'll probably say it a hundred million more. You can't legislate injuries, so I'm in that camp. But you have the game one, and you're running a design play for Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. That to me. That is a nitpick. I mean, don't. No, that's a legit nitpick. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't test bait in that type of, especially when you can just hand the ball off to Miles and he can, he can do it himself. I mean, that, that game was over and that just bothered me a little bit. And I don't, and, and they stopped it. It was like a one yard loss. Uh, uh, and, and then they stopped it. So I think they figured it out pretty quickly um but yeah that made no sense to me so that's a add that to the nitpick list right, i'm trying to look are you uh, there was a right uh run on a third down oh no it was second no down. it was first and 10 at the 25 818 left so it was a little bit longer but they lost a yard and then they stopped and and you know it just looked bad and i'm like what are you doing the, the game's over stop stop but and they did stop. By the way, they did stop. It was the play right before, um, I think the interception uh, to to that Kenny Gainwell dropped. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I know uh, a couple of people responded here on the on the stream. I stand by my conviction on that play. You talk about nitpicking, and we've been doing some nitpicking today. I don't think this is a nitpick at all. That was a bad decision by Jalen. It was a bad play call to begin with. And then, yes, the the veteran guy, and he shows so many veteran uh, tendencies that when he doesn't, it kind of jumps out at you. I know that Kenny missed the catch, and it went right off his hands. It was a very catchable ball. It should have never been thrown. You got a lead. You're protecting a lead. It's a bit of yeah, a Yeah, maybe just throw play. it in the ground from that perspective. But I got more of a throw problem. Throw it out with of the... bounds, throw it in the ground, take yeah. off and run. And I mean, that's a I know play he got it to him and he got his hand on it. Yeah. So it could have been a completed pass. No, it was it was too risky a play. Like I said, blame the play caller too. Steichen called the play, but Jalen's gotta be smarter than that. He's got to be better than that. He can't he can't take that chance. Yeah. I I I yeah, I'm gonna blame that more on the play caller. I mean they called the screen. He got the football to the to the back. Uh, the back's got to catch the football. So um, I blame that more. I would go Shane Steichen, number one, Kenny Gainwell, number two, and then before I can get down to Jalen Hurts. But there was a lot of traffic. I, I hear what you're saying. Maybe just throw it throw it into the ground. Um, but, yeah, he, he'd be number three. The only thing is it ruined – essentially a perfect game you know he had the one turnover and it really wasn't his fault so i can't blame him too much for that and by the way then slay just came out and intercepted it anyway so right it, uh, it the, the eagles eagles picked yeah. up uh the, their teammates back there but this is again admittedly nitpicking here guys we're not getting on jalen's case both Johnny and I are uber impressed with the game that Hurts had last week. Anybody who didn't, didn't pay close enough attention. But if you're looking to, uh, I said, he checked almost every single box. One he might not have checked just yet is the screen game. Hey, we're going to do some business on air since I don't know if you know, Jody, but 
Tone's uh, having some internet issues, so may not be able to hit a break. We might have to power through with this Chris Franklin segment. So if uh, Chris pops up, we might have to go full through. All I'm doing is powering through. I get two hours of sleep. I'm powering through everything, Jody. You've been powering through since the show started, buddy. So uh, please continue. By the way, Um, I have coffee, Jody. I I normally have water. I have. Oh, I got coffee. coffee. You know, I well, drink I, coffee all show. But I, you know, I got to keep going. I got to. I got to. I got to. And here's Chris. We're all right. Just... We'll punch Chris Franklin up here if Tone is capable of doing just that, and let him join us as part of this celebration after Look a at that. Look at and, and Chris way. is up early. Beautiful day. <laughs> Where hey. the hell are you, Franklin? We're one from the broadcasting live from the beautiful first state of Delaware. Uh, yeah. We're down here and uh, experiencing everything. The sun's out and uh, yeah, uh, running on adrenaline. Sun's out. Why <laughs> aren't the guns you. out? Get 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 that jacket wait, off you know, there. Why wait, you want to be a tough guy? Yeah. Oh, you mean I got to sit, sit there looking? You no, know, I got to look at offensive lineman physique. You know what I mean? Hurst physique <laughs> running around like that. <laughs> uh, the the sun is out on the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Uh, that was a dominating performance. I don't even think the final score is indicative of how much the Eagles dominated that game. Where do you start? Who was better, Chris? Offense or defense? Because it's a tough question. See. I'd probably still go offense, even though the deep because I think a lot of defense at the end was basically it forced the Vikings to go one dimensional by throwing all the time, which played yeah. into the hands of uh, Kirk Cousins uh, being a turnover machine. You know, it was pretty much. But I think overall, I think the offense you, you got to look at what they did. You know, they they were tough to stop. I think running the ball. I think they, they could have ran the ball a lot more, and they still would have picked up a lot of yards against that Vikings defense. Yeah. Yeah, was I was a little disappointed they didn't get to 200. I said they'd get to 200 <laughs> rushing the football. They only got to 163. I say only 163 <laughs> for this team. Yeah. All right. Uh, Johnny Mack asked this of Joe San Liquido and me earlier in the show, so I'm going to turn around and ask you. Eagles dominated the Vikings. Vikings looked pretty damn good beating the Packers in week number one, and they came in here and laid an egg last night. More so, Eagles stood up to the challenge and beat them down, or maybe the Vikings win one week one win over Green Bay, a little bit of a mirage, and they're not as good as they looked. Which one do you think it was more last night? If I had, if it was a yes or no, I'd have to go with the uh, week one was a mirage because I think that when you look, the Packers are not as bad as they are. I, I think when you look at the with it being week one with Rodgers getting used to his receivers, you know, and, and get a mesh with him with the Conair look and everything, finally settling back into football <laughs> and finally get everything settled on that one. But the Nick Cage think, look. Yeah. yeah. He's walking around like, what's going on? But yeah, when I think when you look at, he settles in, he settles in as it goes, you're like, Oh wow. Week one, they lost the Vikings that badly. It's going to look more like that, but you can't, you can't discredit. I think what the Eagles did as well too. I think overall, I think that was the best game plan I've seen offensively and defensively since this coaching staff has gotten here into Philadelphia. And I think when you look at what they did, I think it was overall. So it's still, it was still good what they did, but overall, I think it was more of the Vikings uh, laying egg on this one. Yeah. That that's what I was kind of wondering, Chris is like, how much did we learn from this game? Um, are the Eagles really good or the Vikings? Cause that looked like a poor game plan from a rookie coach. Um, now the D coordinator is, 
been coaching forever. I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, guys are running free, busted coverages. Um, so how much was it the Eagles are really good or the Vikings were really bad? You you seem to be leaning towards Vikings being really bad. Well, also, you know what's funny too? It's funny bringing the Don's hell up because he should have had a – a sense of what Jalen Hurts can do, being that he was there in Denver last year. Yeah. And he yeah. saw what he did. So he thought that yeah. maybe he would take some of those, what he learned from that and put into this game plan. But I'm looking mm-hmm. at the Eagles right now, where they constructed. If I had to put them right now against some, against some of those top teams, if I played them against the Buccaneers, well, right now, the Andrew Buccaneers, but if it was the Buccaneers at full strength, I'd still take the Buccaneers. If it was the Rams at full strength, I'd still take the Rams. But I think they put themselves, solidified themselves in that conversation saying, you know what? They could become a legitimate NFC championship team. You wouldn't be surprised if it happened. I wouldn't say it would happen, but I would think you wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Now, still a lot of football to play, but you have to be encouraged. I think with the pieces, the way they played in the last the first couple of weeks. It's funny. Week. It's funny that you say that because uh, you said uh, the Mirage, the Vikings Packer game, might be a uh, Mirage. Off the how does Week One relate to Week Two? comparison you know what i might have to i might have to go back and give the detroit lions some credit yeah because they really did the eagles defense just took the vikings out of that game last night and the lions moved the ball against the eagles johnny mack told me coming in they got one of the better offensive lines in football and people aren't giving them enough credit for that me included uh and then the lions uh would turn around and put up another 30 plus spot this week Maybe that Lion offense is better than we thought. And then the worries that we had about the Eagle defense, um, more so this week is what the Eagle defense truly looks like rather than last week when they gave up 35 to Detroit. Yeah, it's like a, it seems like it seems like this year week for all, for a lot. It's the pendulum effect. It's like, okay, one week, oh, my gosh, you look great. And then the next thing you know, I'll swing back. Like, what's going on? I think this week as we settle in to week three and four, we'll start to see what the true sense of all of these teams are and. I mean, I watched that Lions game with the command. I watched a, a good, decent part of that, or that Lions commanders game. And I'm looking at the Lions. I'm like, you know, maybe they actually are for real. Maybe they could be like a six or seven seed. In, yeah, in I think they're better than the Vikings, to be honest. I, I yeah. think they have more talent. I, I think they're a better team. I do. Yeah. I, you know, it starts with that offensive line. But Aiden Hutchinson is already when. It's not Lane Johnson blocking him. He looked like a world beater. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah. You, 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 and where do they get Jamison Williams back as well? Add him to that offense. I don't love the quarterback, obviously, but I think that team is is turning the corner. Chris, you mentioned Bucks, though. Here's what I can't figure out. Todd Bowles showed you how to deal with Jalen Hurts. Why does nobody try what Todd Bowles did? Why, what, when are we going to see that? When are we going to see, this is a copycat league, right? Everybody says that. When is somebody going to put in that film? Because I want to see if Jalen Hurts can deal with that defensive game plan. See, I thought about that. Now I'm looking at the way that, I'm trying to think like how teams can play him now, seeing this current version. You can't play a lot of man-to-man against him because just I think the receivers that you have, that you can't blitz too much because he shows he can escape the pocket and, and create some time and he can't play his own because he showed last night. I thought last night was his best performance in the pocket I've seen out of him since he's been in the league. He, he, he looked comfortable, Grant. That sometimes the Vikings was like they know what they were doing pass rush wise, but they were getting a lot, they were, they were actually getting some pressure a little bit too. So 
it's tough to come up with a game plan. You, you have to, you're going to have to throw a lot of disguises against him now and, and hope he still hasn't seen some some coverage scheme or some blitz schemes and coverage schemes he hasn't seen yet because he's starting to get a feel for it. And if that happens, he gets comfortable with this offense. It's, it's going to be tough. Here's why I was as pumped up by Hertz's performance as it was last night. As I said to John earlier, he checked a lot of boxes. He threw short. He threw intermediate. He threw left. He threw right. He threw up the middle. He threw outside the numbers. He threw long. Although I think Chris Franklin could have completed that pass to Quez Watkins. He was so wide open. Jalen did get it out there. So you got to give him at least that much credit. (laughs) The only thing he hasn't gotten together yet is the screen game and the interception last night. Yeah, we'll all blame Gamewell more and then Steichen. But it it just to me, it was a bad decision. Jalen shouldn't have thrown the boy, should have thrown out of bounds or done something else with it. Uh, his numbers in the passes to the guys out of the backfield have not been great either of the first two games. Eagles going to get some practice time in on that this week, or do they get downtime? Or short week, short, short week. week. Oh, everything in there. So don't don't yeah. look for the screen game next week against Washington. If <laughs> they get to that, what week twelve? <laughs> and I wouldn't even say that because it's going to be tough. They came in. I don't think you can use it a lot against WP too when they come the following week against Jacksonville because. Yeah. You know, he comes from that tree of, oh, well, oh, wait, wait a minute. That, the split of the offensive lineman, he, and he's letting a lot of the guys, oh, okay, they, they get a good sense of that. So it's t- it's a timing thing, and this this is where one I, I was okay with, for the most part, with some of the practice schedules they have, but this is one of the downsides of not being able to do that is when you're developing the timing that you have for the, the spring game. It takes some time to get used to that. And for whatever reason, I don't know what it is, for like the last couple of seasons going back to the Peterson era toward the end there, this team's been tough when it comes to having a, a true running back screen. They get the wide receiver screens out fine, but when it comes to that timing, the meshing, and everything that works in sync with the running back screen, the traditional screens, it seems to be an issue there. So I, I don't know how they uh, – it's going to take some time And I, looking at how detailed a lot of these things, unless there's a team that is over-aggressive over, over on that defensive side. And I'm trying to think offhand. We're looking at the next couple of weeks, I don't see it. So I think this, this week would have been the perfect week to do it. Next couple of weeks. Yeah, maybe against Jacksonville. Who knows? But yeah, it's, so. Well, let's. Uh, you know, the Eagles were so dominant. I'm, I'm getting antsy. I'm starting to get itchy. I can't. I've given them too many uh, 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 flowers. I got to start looking ahead. Um, Washington Commanders. Uh, now they played Detroit, Minnesota. So NFC North start to the season. These teams are not familiar with the Eagles. They don't play them every year, even though the Eagles and Vikings, for whatever reason, have matched up quite a bit over the past number of years. They're not, they don't know each other like the back of their hands. In theory, Washington, the Giants, the Cowboys, and vice versa, really know what the Eagles like to do, really know what the Eagles want to do. Does that mean Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera will at least come up with a better plan to try to make things a little bit more difficult for this offense, or am I overblowing that type of scenario? See, road division games for me are tough. And I look at – I saw somebody had a line, like five and a half favorite Eagles, and I'm like, this is a little, a little too much right now because I still think that the Eagles – especially the commanders are still – I still trust Ron Rivera's – Defensive prowess, Jack Del Rio sometimes questions some of the decisions he's made, i.e. look what happened last week. But 
I look at the game plans those two usually come up with, and I look at what they could do with Hurts, and I still will give them the benefit of a doubt, and especially with it being a division game. I think it's going to be closer than what people think it is. I, I truly do. I think because also the commander's office is good. So, How about that with Carson yeah. Wentz? You heard it, Chris Franklin. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not going to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, go, I say the receivers are good. It's going to be mad. It's going to be one of those things where we're going to see – it's going to be typical Carson Wentz fans. He's going to start out on fire and say, oh, my goodness, why are they, Why did the Eagles let him go? And then you'll see the turnover, that the head-scratching turnover and the questionable fight and the hero ball start to pop up halfway through. And, yeah, it's going. I think it could be like a field goal game. I, I really believe that. And then I, I really think it could be a field goal game after everything's said and done. Right. You were in the house last night. Johnny Mack was in the house last night. I'm judging via television. Sounded like a good crowd, that the Eagle fans were there from – Minute one, leather lung, screaming and yelling, and helped uh, make Kirk. How many times I see Kirk Cousins have to go to the ear <laughs> flaps to make sure he could hear the play being called in? So a an outstanding job by the Eagle fans last night, giving the birds a home field advantage. How's it going to go this week in Washington? No, I've been no, there for Eagles Redskin games. I don't get the games like you two guys, but I have been there for Eagle Redskin games. And the Eagle fans can claim a pretty good chunk of that stadium. Now, it's not late in the season. The commanders aren't already eliminated, which does happen. Um, One and one. Good thing they lost last week. Otherwise, they'd be two and oh. Um, How much of an effect does Eagle Nation have in Washington next week in a a week three game? I guess it'd be like a 70-30 crowd. Just given that, uh, just hope the people who actually go down there don't get stuck behind the pipes that uh, burst down there or alongside the uh, things that you fall that way. Not on goal at the stadium. Very yeah. good, Mr. Franklin. <laughs> I learned it from watching you guys. Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> when it comes to uh, when you look at that, I think it's going to be a 70 30 crowd. I think the Eagles fans are going to travel down because there's a lot of hype around this team now. I mean, you've seen yeah. the 2 0, you got these, we got this squad now. You look at them, I was like, all right, cool, they'll be good. I think they. It, it, it won't be – I think on third downs, you'll still hear a good subsection of Eagles fans for that. So you see wins going down just a little bit. So it won't be completely – they'll fire flash is trying quiet. The offense is working. Meanwhile, it's the Eagles fans that are using it a little bit. So it'll, it'll be a decent size Eagles continues, I think. Yeah, it's so close. You know, I thought there were going to be more Eagles fans in Detroit, uh, but it's a little bit farther of a trip. That place was, it was pretty much wall-to-wall <laughs> Lions fans, which shocked me. Because the Eagles fans do take over stadiums, and they certainly do it in Washington late in the season, as Jody points out. Usually when the commanders are out of it, they're in it, though. So, yeah, it is going to be interesting to see how many Eagles fans can get into that place. I expect, I think that's a good number, Chris, 70-30. And that'll be helpful for the Eagles. But uh I, I guess we'll keep going down this route. Carson Wentz, um, you know, I think, I believe the top three offensive producers so far are Jody, uh, Jody's favorite, Tua, in Miami. Number two, Jalen Hurts, Alabama, Alabama. Number three, Carson Wentz. How about oh, that? No, no, I, yeah. I, I'll take that quarterback up in Buffalo ahead of Carson. No, I'm saying oh, yeah. those, those are three right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying Carson oh, has yeah. produced more offense right now than Josh Allen. He's number three. Um, Jalen's number two. Tua is number one. Uh, little, little revenge, 
people are talking about Jalen Rager's revenge. He had a nice jet sweep. Uh, that's about it for Jalen. Uh, Carson Wentz obviously will have more of an opportunity. How big do you think that revenge aspect is for Carson Wentz? Hold on. Let, let me ask you a question. What metric are we using to determine Just the total yardage, passing yards, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, total yardage was what it was, right, Chris? Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah, total offense like, when it comes to, like run, rushing and uh, yeah. passing. Because uh, I look at, I think he has to do. I think when it comes to overall, because Russian doesn't really have a running game that I truly fear when it comes to that. So a lot of that's yeah. placed on the shoulders of Wentz and. Him running for his life a couple times when the offensive line doesn't have doesn't protect as well, and so he picks up his yards that way and scrambling around like it's a family circle cartoon stuff like that. I don't get some of that. <laughs> does, but when you look at the way that he, I think overall he'll put up, he'll get his yards, especially if Gannon goes back to the way he traditionally has played beforehand and playing it. I if he doesn't do a lot of them true man-to-man, if he doesn't true blitz and plays that show like he didn't, if he plays more like Detroit, Wentz is going to get his yards. I wouldn't be surprised if Wentz got a total about three, three fifty. Well, now I got a follow-up for you. It's interesting because that is, and I told Jody, in in the modern game, so I'm not going back to like Deion Sanders or even Darrell Revis, um, in the modern game, since everything has kind of shifted, that is the best game I've ever seen from a cornerback, Darius Slay. Um, Unbelievable. Um, even when he gave up a completion, he was right there. He was a fingertip away from getting a pass breakup. Could have had four interceptions, really. Um, <laughs> it, it was unbelievable. Um, but I don't think it's going to continue. Like I, I think the bite. I, I think the Eagles were very worried about Justin Jefferson. Even this week, you have a very good receiver in Terry McLaurin. I don't think the Eagles are going to do what they did with Darius Slay to shut down Terry McLaurin. Do you think I'm wrong or right about that? I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but the thing that the thing that confounded me is why not try to scheme up Justin Jefferson and get him open in other ways? You could run rub outs, put him in the slot. Oh, yeah. Well, well the Vikings did out. a horrible was, job. That, I mean, yeah. He forced it over to – I'm sitting there waiting like – Yeah, it looked like Sam Darnold Bradbury. just throwing yeah, it, it looked, up for grabs. Like, like James Bradbury, they fear James Bradbury more than his slay, which was like, wait a minute, wait, what? It should be the yeah. other way around. But yeah. I think you, you have to treat uh, McLaurin. The problem is he plays in Washington. Because I think if McLaurin played for a more pro, a higher profile team that wasn't going through his own issues right now, say if he was, if he was, say if it was he on the Dolphins instead of Hill, or he was somewhere else like a more prominent, uh, better offense, I think he would be getting a lot more, a lot more attention than he is right now. And I, and I kind of feel bad for him in that way that. I think he's a really good receiver and that nobody's truly talking about as like a top five-ish. Everybody said, oh, yeah, McLaurin. Oh, yeah, because you say McLaurin. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he's he's good too. But no, yeah. he's. I think he's really, truly top tier. So I think he warrants playing that way. It, I don't know if the Eagles are going to do that in the sense that uh, I think he wins a little bit more mobile than uh, he got with Cousins. Right. Cousins since, play that. since we're looking at Carson Wentz's overall yardage through the air so far, uh, I'm going to put the over-under number on interceptions next week at one and a half. You taking under or over? I, I'm taking under just because historically the Eagles. That that was last night was an outlier for sure. When you look at the Eagles' defense, like, like, you hope like they have the secondary that's capable of getting like getting at least two a game, but 
I, I just don't see. Like, I don't think they'll get got that. Three last night, so getting yeah. two should be doable. If you got three last night against Kirk Cousins, <laughs> why can't well, you get two uh, next you week know, against Carson Wentz? You know, it was such an outlier that you know Kirk Cousins threw six interceptions last year. Uh, Chris, he threw three against the Eagles, who haven't been able to turn the ball over. So I do think it was a, a little bit of an outlier. It is, but they do have playmakers now. I mean, Darius, we know, is a playmaker. Bradbury is a great zone corner. He's been able to make plays. Avante Maddox, great interception. We're not talking about Avante's interception because of Slay, but that was a tremendous sort of sunk in the zone, you know, showed off his vertical leap. Um, and then C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you know, good ball skills. Marcus Epps, good ball skills. Maybe this team does have a chance to turn it over a little bit more, even playing zone defense, because they have guys who can make plays on the football. See, if his zone, I feel, I feel like they can play. I think Brad, it plays more into Bradbury's hand in that. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this when you look at this trio cornerbacks with Slay, Bradbury, and Maddox, it truly reminds me. I know this may be sacrilegious to some, but it reminds me of Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent and Al Harris when they were playing around that time. I think they had that type of uh, ability and talent that, that can really be dynamic. It's a matter of I'm worried about long-term, if there's no pass rush to get to them, how effective they can be. Because there's only it, no, a corner can cover four or five and be and look great. Four or five seconds is great. But they have to keep chasing around these guys when plays break down and they don't get the pass rush, that happens from there. But I think overall, I, I, even when it comes to the ability to get the, I, that's what I worry about. I don't know if they can get the interceptions because of the lack of pass, consistent pass rush. You'll get your Josh Sweats here and there, uh, getting hits and, and, and hurries here and there, but I don't know if they can continually get an output like a two or three interceptions a game when it comes to They should, but I don't know unless they change some stuff up front. Glad you brought up his name because I don't think we had yet today, and I think we need to. Josh Sweat. He was a non-participant week one. He stayed pretty well <laughs> hidden along that defensive line. Last night, uh, made a couple plays, including getting a sack, also had some pressures. Um, nice to see Josh Sweat back in the fold as a key member of the Eagles' defensive line. And they need it because I'm still trying to figure out why they're still dropping Hassan Reddick back in coverage so much. I know he is, is just because somebody can do something doesn't mean you have to continue. Quick that. question. I know neither one of you had time to review the tape yet. How many times do you think they did that yesterday? Yeah, I don't think it was that much. I'm neither guessing. Do I. I, I, the, because the one time yeah, the, uh, he had I mean, one, they got caught the catch that you blatantly saw. Oh my God. Why is he throwing him in coverage? I, yeah, just did it I like think it was the entire game. You I, just recognize it because they completed the pass on him. I think it was five times in week one. If it were five times in week two, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, you know, I'll look at the tape later. But I can live with that. See, the problem is he played like 40-some snaps. And then you're taking – and I think we have to get that mentality of rushing the passer and to be a good one. I think you have to consistently doing that. And it seems like you're taking away some aggressiveness with him dropping back at the same time. It's like, okay, sure, you can get a guy in the coverage. You can hit him after that. But I just want to see a guy who's – shown in the past that he can be a good edge rusher coming off that consistency. I want to see him continually do that. Cause right now you have, you're not getting as much pressure from one side. I mean, if you get sweat coming up from that right side, okay, that's good. Cause you finally got something there. If you finally get that rush up the middle. Okay. That's fair, but you're not getting anything from the production pass rush right out of that left side. And 
I, I want some. I want Reddick to do what he does best. And to me, I still think he's rushing the passer. And if he's not being able to do that, yeah, you know, I had this yeah. conversation with Elliot Elliot Shore Parks, and I'm like, you know, if you're a power pitcher in baseball, you don't throw all fastballs. You gotta you gotta throw a curveball. I don't have a problem with it. You know, what when, when a quarterback doesn't see the zone blitz and all of a sudden they throw it right to it. We'll see if it works at some point. I get it. You know, you want him, but he's not a defensive end. He's, he is a Sam linebacker. So it's a little bit of a different position. Um, and he has to drop to do some of those unique things that people want Jonathan Gannon to do. So you can't, I don't know. You can't have it both ways, right? right. You can't. I agree with you, John. It'd be, see, yeah. I think you could put him up, and now now I'm drawing a blank there. I forget who Sisman was, but there's ways you can. They, they basically he he was like a salmon in name only or, or a strong side name only, but they basically yeah. rushed him over. I think you can do that a lot, and you can get creative. Use use him like a, 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 as like a jack or a, a joker position. I think yeah. he'd do well, joker as long as you keep continually rushing him. I think well, that I agree with. Everywhere. I think they should move Hassan around a little bit more, like the the Vikings weren't successful, but they do it with Zadaria Smith. Uh, the Cowboys do it with Micah Parsons. They move them. Yeah. You know, they find yeah. out, um, you know, where's the weakness? All right, there's – go there, Mike. I, I want to see more of that. I haven't seen that enough yet. I think that's a good – but I don't know if Hassan's that player. Like, I don't – I don't – I don't see – well, nobody's Micah Parsons. That's probably right. unfair. But – I, I don't see that ability to move around yet. Maybe he has it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I think the Cowboys could line Michael Parsons up 10 yards downfield, out oh, of he's bounds, a, he's and he'd still player. get to the quarterback. He he's is so insane. scary good. He's <laughs> unbelievable. Comparing anybody to him is just unfair to whoever you're using yeah. to compare with. But I, I, I like the, the joker aspect of it that you guys were relating to. And the reason why it could work with the Eagles – Edwards is as good as he is, and Kazir White has – because if you're going to use a guy like that, you better have faith in your other two linebackers. They got to be able to play the run. They got to be able to play the pass. They got to be able to do everything. And the two Eagle other linebackers have been good enough for me these first two weeks to think uh, something like that could actually work. All right. I uh, wanted to touch on this with you. I asked Santa Laquito about it earlier. Noah Tungiai play himself off the roster for week three? Uh, Did he miss that block Noah on Tungia. the PAT last night? I'm surprised that Calcaterra has sat two games in a row because he opened my eyes up in, in the limited preseason look we had at him. Uh, Did Noah drop the ball badly last night on his shot here? The great Les Bowen, my partner over at NJ.com, he actually asked him a question about what he saw. Noah said that he there was an overload with five people, they were rushing five on that one side, and they only had two to protect. So somebody, there's going to be basically going off the edge. That's according to Les William talked to Noah. So if that's the case, I probably, you don't like to call timeout there or something like that, but maybe you should, like, if the, I put the onus on him going, listen, guys, we're a little heavy on this side. We call timeout side, readjust, talk it over Michael Clay, and, and see if they have that way too. So, But overall, I have a, the problem they have now is he hasn't – Calcaterra still needs to work on his blocking. He, yeah. he really does. So you can't bring him up. They don't think no he can would, block. Yeah. They yeah. 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 He, he, he can't do that. And Noah at least has some sorts of block and plays special teams. So you have that. 
Rich Rod's on the practice squad at Chargers. I don't know if you want to put him on a 53-man <laughs> roster. You know, they got the all spot, so they, they, you, you might see the no. And the thing is, I think – and forgive me for this – if I get this wrong on, on the rules. I think they may have like three elevations, and you brought yeah, two of them right. already with Kobe yeah. and with Kobe. Yeah. So and you're going to add somebody in the roster spot. Yeah, Kobe's going to be on the 53 as long as he doesn't fumble next week. Eventually, when they run out of elevations – but they'll have to make a decision on Noah Tungiai. You're right about that, Chris. At C Franklin News, NJ.com, South Jersey. Let me, Times. let me get one more in for Chris here before we let him run. Uh, you just kind of let into it, John. Is Kobe, if they're going to elevate him to the 53, and I agree with John, it's kind of an in- inevitability. They need to do it, they have to do it. Do they put him back for kickoffs too? Because I got to admit. Oh. Quez yeah. made Quez made a great catch downfield. Yeah. Ran just by the return kicks. He's You're bad right. on kick returns. Yeah. They they you did see, that. Got to put Kobe kick. back there, right? They did see, that mortar kick on purpose, Chris, because yeah. they think Quez is a terrible. And they're right. That's the one thing the Vikings got right. <laughs> That's the one thing. <laughs> see, I guess I, I I think I can see the reasoning, and it's not talking to Michael Clay anything, but the reasoning. I know a lot with kick returns, too. If you give them a, head, a straight line speed and they have time to kick, go straight ahead, they can yeah, do that. And they get, but this, well, A, the cover, the kick, kick, uh, kickoff team, kickoff return team needs to open more holes better, too, because that. But you're right. When it comes to angling these kicks now, it, it has a little issue that. The problem with Kofi is he, he's quick, but I don't see the same straight line speed as you have with Watkins. So yeah. would you still wind up? At the twenty, no matter you probably wind up at the twenty, no matter what, with his speed. By the time he gets down there, the kicks get down the coverage, everything else. So but it's almost Chris, here's, here's the problem with Quez. You're right; he's got the straight line speed, but to be a kickoff returner, you also got to go north, south, and you got to break that first tackle. You got to have that power. Quez doesn't have you that. Know, he's just running by people, and if he can't run by people, he can't. You know, you know what makes be- me mad thinking about this and I wish this guy developed more into a better special teams player or, or, or just an overall wide receiver. That seems like as John, it has John Hightower written all over it because I think mm-hmm. he runs North South, but the problem is he only, he, he only runs that one route. Well, which is the go route and you don't need a go route specialist. Cause you got Watkins and everything else got that's run that, but he seems like a prototypical guy. I, listen, I don't know who's out there right now. And I don't know if free agent who will be able to do that. I wouldn't Boston, mind Scott, Brent, but... let Boston let Boston. I mean, he doesn't have the great speed, but Boston will get you to the twenty-five or thirty. You know, thirty-five if something happens, and you know he can do it. He can do it, and I'm surprised they haven't gone in that direction. That's my two cents. Read Chris. Read Les Bowen as well as he brought up at NJ.com. Now, before I let you go, Chris. Great minds think alike. The big flag was back. I just saw yeah. you put it on your Twitter sort of banner. So did I. Great minds Respect. think alike. The big flag is back. I, I had to because the last thing I had was when I covered the Army-Navy game back when it snowed, and I was back in like 2015 so I thought it was about time to switch it up a little bit, you know, covering just covering Eagles and not mostly college football. So, you know, I think it was the time. It, it was that atmosphere last night. We talked about it with the fans, but just overall with that atmosphere, the crowd, the pageantry, and I forget his name, and I always forget. I'm sorry, but the anthem singer, and he gets, he's got those pipes going. It, it gets you flowing. And even though we're not players, we're reporters, stuff like that. When you sit there, you start looking around. It's like, all right, this is kind of cool. Yeah, this is right. so, to play. So if you don't know the anthem singer, Franklin, I'm sure you don't know the guy who carries the big flag either. 
You're, you're both taking bows acknowledging the big flag. <laughs> then you got to know who's carrying it, right? Who, no. who, who's out there on the field with the big flag last night? The big flag is ninety Jody season ticket holders. Yeah, that one have, too. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so, yeah. And, and we want the Space Force flag to be out there with the rest of the other flags. Why not? Now, interestingly <laughs> enough, the reason they didn't have the big flag was because of the pandemic. So, you know, yeah. the big flag caused the spread of COVID, I believe. Oh, see, I never uh, knew that. You can't have that many people. So the big Scientists flag is say back. Right way fast is faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why didn't they either get either of you guys to carry the big flag since you kept taking yeah. the tests and testing negative so you could continue That's to it. do your job? They should have made you guys carry the big flag. I would have Can been... they pump up booze? Pump through booze for people, for the reporters when they get out there? Because I think they would have found a way to do that if we were out there flagging that. I do miss the, the Howard's one already thing. on the field. Make Howard carry the big flag. Oh, Come on. Boy, no comment. I'll tell you, the one thing cool. I do miss uh, was getting into the stadium easy. Uh, that oh. is a thing of the past, uh, Chris Franklin. Yeah. It, it's, like la- it's like the old wooden labyrinth. You're going through around. You're trying to find out which way. Right before you, because if you go out the wrong door at night, you will oh, be stuck it, there ooh. until somebody comes there for probably a good 20, 30 minutes. So, yeah, it's like okay. Is it this door? Is it this door? It's it's, it's fun. Oh, it's great, but you gave us a good thirty-five minutes today. We thank you for that. You know, we get you back in a couple of weeks. Thanks for hopping in with us today. Thanks, Chris. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Go, go go cut down some bushes or something. You look like you're ready to go out. There. Oh, ready to go. He's oh, that yeah. tough guy. <laughs> that offensive line, Bill. Go uh, chop some wood. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, aka Mac and Mac. You know what we're gonna do. We're going to come back, and for the 365th time, we're going to put a bow on the show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. (laughs) 
Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Monday here, uh, oh, Tuesday, excuse me, on Birds 365, after a Monday night win, a domination of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, we're pretty pumped up about the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Johnny Mack and I have uh, nitpicked a little bit about a couple of things in the uh, domination. got to do, yeah, the Vikings. you got to find something. You got to dig deep, Jody. My, my final nitpick, and... I hope uh, everyone notes that I'm doing this with tongue firmly implanted in cheek on a night where the defense hurt, uh, held Kirk Cousins to 220 yards with three interceptions held Justin Jefferson, best receiver on the planet to under 50 yards receiving held Dalvin cook to 17, 17 yards for Dalvin cook on six carries last night. Phenomenal defensive effort. Here's my one knock. Who had the best tackle in the game last night, Johnny Mac? Uh, I don't recall. You know somebody who did. I, you know who had a great game, T.J. Edwards, which I haven't mentioned. Uh, Edwards did. He I, played very well. He yeah. did not have the best tackle in the game. Um, I don't know what you're talking. Yeah, I don't know offhand. For um, chance, Josh Wet? No, it wasn't Josh Wet. Um. Fletcher a bunch Cox. of tackles for losses. I know that. He did. Definitely. I know. Fletcher Cox got the trip up sack, which was great. Good to see Fletcher. Not the best tackle of the game. The best tackle of the game was Oh, Aaron Sipos. Yeah. 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 Running oh, down a DB yeah. from behind. I can't believe I didn't mention that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Run, ran down a cornerback, Aaron Sipos. Now, obviously, you know, uh, Chris Boyd had, you know, to ramp up a little bit. But still, that's tremendous for a punter. Um, yeah, Nick Sirianni talked about it a little bit. You know, Aaron's a great athlete. Um, plays See, rugby. I, I would never know that if I wasn't told that. You can't judge that on a punter. Yeah. Really he, he, well, he was a rugby player in Australia. But he also, at practice, when Jake Elliott practices kickoffs, he stands at the other end and catches them, but he doesn't just catch them like a normal kickoff. He jumps in the air and high points them. It's really? pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. He doesn't get them all, but he always gets one or two. And he's he's really tall guy, and it's 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 impressive to see. Yeah, he's he's a really good athlete. He used all of his length to get in there and trip up the the Vikings guy headed. 
toward the end, end zone. So uh, tipping the cap there. We've tipped the cap so much today yeah. on this very dominating Birds win. I don't know if we've gotten the sip us yet, so we needed to do that before we checked out of here. All right, what time is uh, the coach speaking today, Johnny Mack? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock right. uh, tomorrow. He's not speaking today. Okay. Um, um, yeah, so it might be a Johnny Mac early day. I, I gotta, I gotta go through that with executive producer Xander Kraus. But next year round, he's talking at ten o'clock today. Uh, expedited week, short week, so the coaches are working. He didn't even do a spot with WIP this morning. He's putting that off till tomorrow as well, uh, and that's contracted. So, um, but yeah, short week and on. To the Washington Commanders. And Carson Wentz, who I, I am showing no fear of if I'm a Philadelphia Eagle coach, player, fan, anyone else. Carson Beachy beat you. And you tip, speaking of tipping your cap, we'll tip our cap then if he comes in here. Johnny Mack noting that he's got the second most passing yards in the NFL. He's also got three picks. So I uh, fear not. The the Eagles, Eagles should be ready for Carson Wentz. And we'll uh, certainly talk about it all week long. Johnny Mac, great first 365 shows out of you. How good are you going to be in the next 365? I'm going to have more energy for most of them. I can tell you that. Um, uh, I don't know how good, but I'll 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 be bringing more energy than I am today. And he might be bringing the energy in a guest role tomorrow because he might have to get down there to see Sirianni. There's only one way to find out what John McMullen is going to be doing on the second 200, 365 shows we start. Up fresh tomorrow. You got to be right back here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.